Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. Hello, I'm Brad Hennick, physical therapist. Hi, I'm Chris, the pharmacist. And I'm exactly one half of the Bob and Brad physical therapy channel. Today, we are extremely happy to have Chris uh, here to compliment and upgrade our show. We've got some very good information that's going to be helpful for you as well as for me personally about Alzheimer's. Uh, and we're talking about... Treatment. Treatment. Uh, treatment you can do medically as far as medications that are offered, as well as what you can do without medications that can help hopefully slow the disease process down and help out your loved one or your friend, whoever may you may be interested in helping with. So before we go on any farther, we need to go to Chris because I'm going to relax a little bit. All right. Well, I guess we're going to talk about Alzheimer's today, and it's more about the treatments. And so basically, Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia in the, you know, worldwide. So we're talking about 60 to 70% of the patients. In the U.S., you're looking at about 5 million patients. Wait, 60 to 70% of, of Alzheimer's or dementia patients have Alzheimer's. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then the next one is Lewy body, and then there's vascular dementia, temporal frontal. Uh, there's, there's several forms of dementia. And if we think about it, like I said in the last video, kind of an umbrella. But we're going to talk about Alzheimer's because I think it's, it's the, the most most, yeah, most it's, prevalent. Yep. So and gonna, do you have some? You said there's more women typically have it than yeah, men. Yeah. Kind of interestingly, just from a statistical standpoint, it affects women more than men. So women, the uh, ratio is about one in six, which is about sixteen percent, and men okay. it's one in ten, which is about ten percent. Okay. So uh, of the population may experience that. And again, you know, with Alzheimer's, uh, you know, it takes six years just to get the diagnosis because we have to rule out several different things. It's going to be whether you know, your medications are causing it, had a head injury, mini stroke. I mean, these are things that we have to be aware of. And, so. and it seems like oftentimes the Early on, especially, memory is the biggest symptom of Alzheimer's, but it can be symptomatic with other things exactly. as well. So that's why it's hard to oh, yeah. de I mean, define you know, what it I, is. I mean, you know, when you're busy and you just, you know, where did I put my keys? I have no idea. Why are they in the bread box? It doesn't make sense. Not that I really use a bread box, but... <laughs> but like I mentioned, I literally put my socks in the refrigerator, and I don't think it was a symptom of Alzheimer's is because no. I was thinking about what I was you doing thinking about everything else. at one o'clock in the afternoon on that video and I was trying to get lunch, you know, all that kind of thing. So again, it's not easy to diagnose, but, um, you know, it's something to... And that's what makes it so terrific, tricky for, you know, doctors and neurologists to actually diagnose sure. it. So there's a variety of tests that they kind of go through. One of the simpler things that's done that's inexpensive is the SAGE test. So a big fancy term, self-administered gerocognitive examination. It was so S-A-G-E, yep, and this Sage, is something like, that you could print off the I internet? I printed that right off the internet. It's from the Ohio State University. So, so I uh, could print this off. I could take this home and do it with my mother yeah. tonight. Yep. You bet. It takes about 15 minutes. Um, and then basically you can present that to your doctor. And then basically as scientifically you could, probably do it about a year apart or six months apart. So you have an interval to see if there's any decline going on. And you don't have to do the same test all the time. Although mm -hmm. scientifically it's probably going to be the best. Sure. Because then you'll see. You can compare. You can compare it. Historically how things are going. And, and I just want to say if you do do this, uh, for example, I, I know with my mother, she would have a hard time reading this because of her vision. Yep. So I would help her. And yeah. some of these questions on here, I would probably have to explain to her a little bit about it so she understood it. And that's okay. You yep. just 
you know, you can make little notes yeah. on the back so that later on, six months later, you kind of yep. know where you're at. And sometimes you can even set this up so that it's part of your appointment. So let's say you're going to be seeing neurology. Yep. You do the test right before you go in or as you go in, mm -hmm. and then the doctor will uh, grade your results, and then they'll get at least a baseline. Sure. So this is something that's inexpensive. It requires just a printer. And yep. some pencil and some paper, and the, the paper's right there. Yep. So it's it's something that's nice that you can definitely do, and it doesn't cost an arm and leg. Like mm. whereas a PET scan is an expensive test. Sure. So, but and, you know, when we come down to it, they're going to do a cerebral sp spinal fluid tests. They're going to look at. They're going to do PET scans to see what's happening in the brain. I mean, Alzheimer's is caused, what we think anyways, is by, you know, these amyloid proteins and these tangled tau proteins. So that seems to, if you think about our brain, it's a network of nerves. And then when we get these damaged tau proteins, it's kind of like a, if I took a bunch of spaghetti and dumped it on the table and tried to make order out of it. And those brain signals don't necessarily communicate properly. So they get mixed up. They get mixed up. So you're trying to follow one noodle and all of a sudden you're right. looping and, un, you know, and so it's the same thing with you, the way that your brain fires. And so what, what do we do? Well, I mean, we can certainly eat well. We can exercise, try and stabilize sleep, but there's medications that we can try and use. And there's not a lot of them out there, so it's it's you know a pretty short list. So you have cholinesterase inhibitors, and then you got uh, the glutamate. Uh, so there's two two medications commonly used. Well, the the two that I most commonly see in, in the pharmacies that I work in are going to be dinepazole and then memantine. So and they behave differently, but you can you know, there's galantamine and and. Yeah, mean, but for keep it but, simple, yeah. But we'll use those two because those are the most widely prescribed drugs, and sometimes they're used separately, and sometimes they're used in combination with one another. And, and the what, physician decides. The what physician, yeah. And usually, when you're gonna, when do you do this? Well, we've found that the earlier you get on these medications, the better, because again, no cure like we talked about, yeah. but it does put the brakes on. So instead of it coming down sharply like this, it's going to be a much more angled thing. And, and so what does that do? Well, because we know that the average caregiver spends about five hours a day with a patient, it may allow the patient to become a little more, little more freedom, a little bit more independence, you know, and, and maybe allow, you know, and maybe time occurs where something miraculous does happen. There are a lot of things in the research pipeline right now that they're discovering. There's a new, very expensive drug that at least it's out on the market it's it's very expensive um it has not been proven to work it's mm -hmm. it actually got the emergency authorization um kind of like the covid vaccines mm -hmm. but we're not going to go in that direction but <laughs> it, it got out on the market a lot sooner um than it normally would i mean the ultimate results of this drug are not going to be fully processed till 2030 so oh. it's 2021 right now yeah. so that kind of tells you it's a very embryonic you know process with learning whether this drug that yeah. may inhibit it's uh, called algae home but yeah uh, because it's so far in the future uh can we take a, a can we go into you mentioned about yep. uh food and diet yeah and I, i'm thinking and as as a saying yeah well let's look at the diet because I, I, I was looking at some of this and as opposed to g just good food let's be more specific like you're going to eliminate or cut down on processed foods, sugars, sugars, yep. the, the I mean, big one, get those darn sugars out. And yogurt has as much, you know, you can buy a yogurt and it has as oh, much man. sugar in it as yeah. a can of, can of soda, Pepsi. Yeah. Yep. Or Coke, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so I, you really got to read the labels on, on what you're eating because sugar is in 
everything, everything that's processed, sugar and a bunch of, you know, uh, the fat, the bad fat, trans fat. So, yep. boy, get after the food and yep. do the bad. It, it doesn't matter. It's going to make the person's body healthier, even if, in theory, it doesn't help the mind. It's yep. a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's going to do all over it. I mean, really, the, the time for this is probably now. You don't want to wait until you get to that point to just get started with healthy habits. Yeah. I mean, if you're young enough, start today. I mean, really, one of the simplest ones that I liked, the Mediterranean diet. If you guys Google the Mediterranean diet, it's got a perfect blend of, of proteins and healthy fats and you know, nuts and things of that Leafy nature. greens, so it's, spinach. Exactly. Yep. So it's going to give you that type of diet and pretty flavorful food, to be honest yeah. with you. I know I just heard one thing it was, and I've heard this and read about it in books, is, you know, the color of food yep. indicates... Eat, eat the rainbow. Yeah. You know, so you got your berries, your, your raspberries, blueberries, uh, blackberries, all these berries and nuts. Yep. Uh, and you're not going to overeat them. You're going to nope. eat, you know, a handful or eat whatever, and that's enough. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have the flavonoids. They're all antioxidant, which mm. seems to show, and there's actually quite a few books now that do show that by eating well does help to slow the progression of the sure. disease. So again, it's going to be healthy for you, whether you have, I mean, you're talking about you know, one in 10 or one in six, uh, male or female. So not everybody's going to get it, but eating well is still something that's something we should, you know, strive for every day anyways uh, yeah see if it's not gonna it's gonna help your heart for sure yep exactly <laughs> and, and that's actually you know when you look at all the lists of things cardiovascular disease and cancer one and two you know alzheimer on the on, on cause of death is number six number six for yeah. over adults so it's something that you know and so what happens is again it progresses from mild to severe um but along the way, when we get to those milder stages and probably earlier is when we want to get on those medications. Sure. And so whether it's denepazole or it's, you know, memetine, I mean, those are things that they work differently to help brain transmission, processing memory. But I will tell you with denepazole specifically, which is a cholinesterase inhibitor, so for all you pharmacy nerds out there, <laughs> um, it, you know, that raises the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. And, and as, as our brains diminish in capacity, it helps to keep those levels up to allow them to fire longer. But eventually, that reservoir does run dry. So sometimes then they will go to the, the memetine, which works on a glutamate, which is a different neurotransmitter. And actually, the brain seems to kick out too much. So what the memetine does is it kind of blocks that. So it leaves just the appropriate amount of glutamine in there. Again. So you're trying to get things balanced yeah, in, so in the brain. Yeah, so you can get, so you can connect your thoughts, yep. and you can stay in the moment a yep. lot more easily. And so these drugs do have an avenue, and they seem to work best right now with current science in the milder stages. We might find that with more advanced testing, which they're working on, sure. that we might see that maybe being prescribed younger and younger. Yep. If they're, you know, we might just take some blood from you, Brad, and just say. Yeah, we're going to look at this. We got these three genes here that suggest that maybe there's a possibility. Right. Preventatively, maybe they do it. So hard to say. There's a, there's a lot. There are just burgeoning amounts of, of research going on day to day right sure. now. So it's not that there's a lot of different treatment things. It's you know. So it's going to be yeah. staying well. And you know, in your arena, physical therapy. I mean, what can we do to keep those muscles strong? To keep us walking safely? And really, I mean, you don't have to go out and and do a 5K. These people are typically older. They're not, that's not appropriate anyways, but just some walking, whether you need a walker or a cane to stay safe because falls, obviously we want to eliminate yeah. that risk. Absolutely. Um, memory things. Uh, I just want to say there's some things, if you do have a loved one, they're uh, walking fine, but they, they may forget how, like, 
where my mother lives, she has issues. She, it's possible she has Alzheimer's. Um, if you forget how to get to the dining room. Yep. Uh, so you're going to walk with them multiple times so that hopefully the repetition is going to kick in. The brakes on a walker, yep. uh, the four-wheeled walker. Uh, we've done a lot of things in, in skilled nursing facilities like this. Uh, in big letters, we'd make it bigger than this. But remember to lock your brakes. And we would tape this right to the walker so the person can always see it. That repetition, repetition is you know one of the things that can help so that people can remember and make them safer. Uh, hang up the phone, you know, yeah. talk on the phone. You know, yeah. some people don't, they don't, you know, these older people don't have cell phones. Correct. My mother would be, <laughs> yeah, she's got to have something she can hang up, yep. uh, but she forgets to hang it up and it just beeps and, yep. and there's a problem. Uh, these are just examples. Uh, again, all these little things that you can do to help Slow the process down. Keep yeah. keep your loved ones safe. Yeah, it's going to be you know keeping getting rid of clutter. You know keeping ah. things organized. Uh, whiteboards and and big checklists or calendars are an excellent non drug yeah. tool that honestly have probably almost more utility than even some of the medications sure. at some point. So I mean, it's oh, oh, throw rugs, man. That's yep. a therapist, oh. a big thing. Get the throw rugs out because they're one of the biggest fall trip hazards yep. there is in a house. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, head injury, hip injury, I mean, you name it. Whatever can happen in a fall. If there's a coffee table, yeah. I mean, probably want to lose those too. I mean, yeah. it's just so that we keep things out of the way. And that can be a tough one because some of the, like my mother, there's some things I we ask her to do and she says, nope. Nope. Yeah, well, you've been gotta... doing it for all my life this way, and I'm not going to change, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> so that you have to kind of dance around. That is do true, the best and, you and, can. and you do. You have to find, you know, pick your ba pick your battles. I think is probably the, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and so, but whatever we can do to de-stress, declutter, help around the house, pay bills. I mean, auto pay, yeah. financial affairs in order. These are all things that are part of the treatment mechanism. Yeah. And so those are things that you can certainly do. Um, you know, and, and, and with the last video, and I think we should attach to this one, we'll put some of the websites for support groups that you can go to if, if you're a newly diagnosed patient or a loved one that, that has a newly diagnosed patient in your family. Right. Um, I think those are excellent support avenues for you to explore right. and to learn and I think knowledge above anything is, is power Sure, and it's certainly it's going to help us to kind of go forward and go through this journey as safely and as effectively as possible. Exactly um, and just to finish the video out you know when because it is a progressive disease if they definitely have it there's going to be a point where you are unable to care for your loved one or a friend and it's going to be a time that they're going to have to go to a, a facility where there's professional care 24 7 assistance uh yep. to make it safe for them and that can be a real battle as well uh because the person individual oftentimes does not want to leave their house. No, nope. You don't want to make that decision for them. It's a very challenging, it's a, uh, difficult. Knowing when to punt is a yeah, hard question to ask yourself. Tough thing uh, to work with, and um, hopefully uh, you won't have to deal with that. But uh, sometimes it goes smooth. I know if my mother it went smooth, she was happy actually to go to this place. She's social. Yep. This is another big thing. You have yep. to be social, yep. get that interaction. Isolation can be one of the... It, it's big a, problems. It's a, I think it does. Yeah. So anything you do stimulating games, talking, walking, yeah. anything you can yeah. do to stimulate the brain, all good stuff. That's right. All right. So uh, these are some ideas. Again, look below the video. There will be some options, books you can read, other sites, websites uh, that you can go to for further information. So very good. Good luck with your um, friends and family who may have these problems. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>